Let's see. Okay. Hey, Shannon. Welcome to the latest Girl Talk Pillar podcast recording of Love Girl Talk. Hey. Woohoo. Woohoo. I can't believe we did it. We did it. We did all five pillars. Well, today is the fifth pillar. Here we go. I'm really excited. <laughs> and we get to finish with my favorite topic. Is this your favorite topic? Healing? Yes, of course. I'm oh. in the business of healing. I'm in the business of healing. You are in the business of healing in the hospital and at Girl Talk. I love it. I love it. And and you're right. Healing is really our our goal here at Girl Talk. The hope is that our four pillars, hospitality, vulnerability, friendship, and hope, all lead to healing. So here we are as the, the bridge to help women find their healing, whatever that may mean for them. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of similar to hope that we were talking about last week, healing is difficult to talk about, you know, it's, it definitely involves growth and change. And like, I don't know about you, but growth and change are just difficult to tackle for me. You know, I think healing is this word that we use a lot in our, or that we don't use a lot in our vocabulary. Usually we hear the word healed, meaning it's already happened and it's over and it's done with, but we don't necessarily talk about like the process of healing. So I just think it's funny, like last week when we talked about hope, this little four letter word that means so much, like, I feel like healing is just like that. Like it means so much, yet it's barely in our vocabulary and never mind trying to define it or talk about it. Totally. I completely agree. And and I think that's because in order to acknowledge healing, we have to acknowledge why healing is necessary, right? Like it's, it's yeah. funny when we think of the four pillars that lead up to it and we think, oh, it's so lovely, friendship and hope and, you know, and then comes healing. But, but that's because before the healing, we have these hurts, we have these wounds, you know, and you and I hear about these all the time, whether they're ours personally or, or the girls that we get have the privilege to talk to, you know, and these are struggles with body image and breakups and hard times with friends, with assaults, with eating disorders, you know, it runs the gamut, you know, of different, different struggles that, that all these girls have had. And it was kind of funny leading up to us uh, doing this recording on healing. I was watching Grey's Anatomy the other night and uh, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) That makes my heart so happy. Welcome. Thank you. I know you've been telling me for years to watch it and I Absolutely love it. I'm a little obsessed, but I'm that's still in the beginning. So please do not give away any uh, any cliffhangers or whatever. They all die. That's all you need to know. Okay, so, Shannon, <laughs> you're actually the worst. Stop it. I hate you. Okay, so in this last episode, and you know, if anyone listening, I don't want to give anything away for them, but Christina, one of the doctors, has a she has a major accident and she needs surgery. And I was so struck by this because, you know, Christina is one of those characters who like shows no emotion, right? George is always saying she's going to be a great surgeon because she, she doesn't cry and she doesn't show emotion and she doesn't let her feelings get the best of her. In fact, she doesn't even have feelings, you know, and this whole, the whole episode is her just wanting to get back to work and wanting to be practical and wanting to be functional. And, and at the very end, it shows her breaking down. Like she physically, like her whole body, she's just sobbing in the hospital room and she's weeping and her friends, the other interns are kind of like, what the heck are we supposed to do with this woman? She literally is uncontrollably crying. And I was so touched at the end 
of the episode, you know, she's just kind of by, by that point, just kind of silently crying in her bed and her, her very stoic mom is in the corner, like on her phone and Dr. Burke comes in and the mom says, oh, no, 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 no. She doesn't want to be touched. And Dr. Burke just gets in her bed, swings his leg up, legs up on the bed, holds Christina, like pulls her close to him. And she's just crying in his arms. And it's, it's the sweetest thing because even though she was pushing everyone away, pushing everyone away, didn't want any love, quote unquote, or, or support, it seemed she was dying. She was desperately dying for, for someone to comfort her. And I just thought that was so beautiful in terms of healing. And it really reminded me of what we were about to talk about today. Yeah. I love that. Well, first of all, I think it's hilarious that you're like, oh, I don't want to ruin it for everybody. Like we're in like season 92. Like most people have seen it, but (laughs) um, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I do think it's really interesting too. Like her mom might've been right. Like Christina is not touchy feely by any means. Like love it. Hilarious. Cause it's totally opposite of me. But I also think it's really interesting, like she, like that may not be what she usually wants. Like think of love languages, like maybe, you know, physical touch isn't what she usually needs, but I do often find like when it comes to like these amazingly huge wounds and scars in our life, oftentimes we don't know what to do with them. And oftentimes like the remedy is something that we didn't even know we needed. Sometimes it's the answer is the place that you usually ignore, or like the, the thing you usually don't crave or don't want. And, you know, I think it also goes to show you that all these different wounds and scars and hurts and brokenness, like you don't ever heal the same way. Yeah. You know, like finding healing and all those things looks differently every time. Yep. You know, yeah. I don't know. I just think that's really cool. I agree. And, and I like that you know, Dr. Burke just kind of came in and gave her what he could, you know, as a, you know, a friend or more than a friend, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's there for her, even if he doesn't know exactly what she needs. But yeah, so I just, I love that example of healing. And it, you know, it made me think about this quote from Angelica, one of our, you know, all time favorite Girl Talk mentors said at the beginning of the year, and everyone frivolously scribbled it down because it was so powerful in talking about healing. She just plainly said, we all have scars. Some are from stab wounds and others from a million paper cuts. And I just thought that was so powerful of, of our wounds, right? We talk about the need for healing, but that has to come from, what are we healing from? And, and I love the way she said, some of us have the stab wounds and some have a million paper cuts. Yeah, I perfectly picture the first time I heard Angelica say that. And I do remember it being like more of like a business meeting type feel. And then she said that and she just made that meeting elevated. Like everybody was like, oh yeah, like I know why we're here. And when she first said that, even reflecting on my own story, I relate more to the million paper cuts than the stab wounds. You know, I think one of the greatest hurts, struggles, broken pieces of myself comes from my journey and struggle with weight. Like I've always been a curvy girl. I've always been a little bit bigger than my friends. 
as long as I can remember. Like from age six, I remember this being on my brain to now, my late twenties. And, you know, I just, this has just always been the main source of my tears, the main source of my insecurity. And my weight has always been the thing that affects the way, you know, I think of myself or the way I love myself. And, you know, sadly it affects how I view myself worth. And, you know, those millions of paper cuts come from those brief moments that occur 365 days a year, sometimes once a day, sometimes 10 times a day. Mm. And, they add up into one big insecurity, you know, from, and those millions of paper cuts come from, you know, looks from other people or when I get on the scale every day and the number is never where I want it to be, or the amount of times I pull up my jeans and they like still feel tight or the amount of times I'm online shopping and I'm like, oh, but that looks great on the model on the internet, but that's never going to fit over these curves or I don't know, just seeing unflattering photos of myself, you know, pop up on the internet or like those, they're not huge, but it's just like those tiny little moments that feel like, you know, one more little poke, one more little stab, one more little reminder that like, I'm not where I want to be. And one more little reminder of, you know, this thing that I don't like about myself and that I can honestly say that I like hate about myself. And one thing that really brings my biggest hurt and struggle that I can't seem to shake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is so powerful. And it's, it's interesting because when you hear the word paper cut, you think, oh, that's tiny. That's just little, but Gosh, even when you get the one little paper cut, man, does that sting like heck, you know? And it even makes me think about back in high school, I used to run cross country and there was this one course that we always dreaded. Oh my gosh. It was Homedale and you'd go there if you made states or finals and, you know, you get the whole team on the bus, but for weeks beforehand, we'd be dreading it because they have part of the course and it was called the bowl because it was shaped like a bowl and it literally, you would run down the bottom and then you'd have to kind of, you'd run almost, you felt like you were running straight up a wall. It was so steep. And so we would do all this training ahead of time and everyone would always talk about the bowl as this most painful thing, right? Like that's kind of like the stab wound, like really tough. But what we all knew was that it wasn't actually the bowl that was the hardest. Like, yeah, that was painful. But the worst part about that course was the very beginning because there was this very slow and steady incline at the beginning that just killed your calves because you it was just a tiny little incline, but it never stopped. It just kept going and going and going. So those tiny little quote unquote paper cuts at the beginning it would kill you. And at least in the bowl, you could like get, get the pain over with relatively quickly. But I, I love the way you're saying that even, if, you know, your reflection with your story and your weight, it's like the paper cuts add up so deeply. They do. And regardless of if it's a paper cut or this gaping stab wound, like a wound is a wound. And every wound needs care and every wound needs attention. Yep. You know? Yep. And you know that better than anyone as a nurse, right? I also am a 
skin and wound nurse. So yes, I do. Yeah, that's right. Skin (laughs) and wounds. Fancy, fancy. Anyone needs that? Stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. Unstageable, deep tissue. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, is right. Do not hate yourself. You are loved, Shannon. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Girl talk. What What about you, Julie? Like what's, what speaks to you? You know, like where, where are you at? Where's your heart at? Ugh, where's my heart? How much time do we have? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I like that you said uh, what speaks to you from the that quote that Angelica shared uh, is the paper cuts. And I mean, that stands out to me too. I don't think, well, I don't know, but I feel like most people right off the bat wouldn't want to admit Oh yeah, the stab wound stands out to me unless unless we're going through something right now that's really difficult. But I don't want to think about the stab wounds either. I I think I think the stab wounds I mean the paper cuts as well, but I think the stab wounds especially are kind of like, oh my gosh, I I don't want to look at that part of my life, you know? That that's like very deep, very hidden. And, and why am I, why am I going to bring that up again? Like, why am I going to reflect on it? You know, if it's something in our past and, you know, this is funny thinking about, you know, as you and I always plan for, you know, different girl talk talks we're going to share, you know, different presentations, whether it's for high school girls or, or even young professionals, it's, we always kind of cringe. Right. And I, I know you, we joke about, different stories that we'll share. And you're like, Oh, please don't make me share, you know, the deep ones. And, and I say the same thing and you are so much better than I am of sharing the, the deep wounds. And I, yeah, I think for me, it's like, it's just, it's, I don't even want to look there. And it's funny because one of these stab wounds in my life is it's, it was kind of, it was a, a breakup with a best friend. <laughs> and this was uh, a girl I met in college and freshman year, we were inseparable you know, we, we shared classes. We were in the same dorm. We did everything together. We both loved Taylor Swift. We would do our homework together. We'd hang out with the same group of friends. I think we must've had like 1400 pictures together in like the first two months of school, you know? And, and I think that's common. A lot of people freshman year of college, right? You meet someone and, and you become instant best friends. And, but I really, I really just, we were so close and we were best friends and you know, again, like so many friends have heard me share different breakup stories, but I I don't share this story as often because I did feel so hurt when we just kind of stopped being friends. And, and I, I felt like she rejected me and I felt like she chose another group of friends instead of me. And, and that was just, it, it, you know, it felt like such a, a harsh betrayal and it just really cut me deeply. And and I think we've all experienced something like this, whether it's a friend or a family member or, you know, a significant other. And it, it just really left an impact on my life. Like that's definitely one of those stab wounds on my heart, you know? Yeah. I feel like with that too, you know, last week we talked about the differences in friendships between like men and women. Like sometimes I feel like such as a female friend of yours, like I hear about a breakup story about a guy and I'm like, I'm team Julie. Like, never mind the guy. Like he probably did something ridiculous, you know, you're darn right. (laughs) (laughs) But when you hear about like 
a friend breakup, especially between two girls, you're like, well, what did you do wrong, Julie? Or mm-hmm. like, tell me more of the drama. Like it couldn't have just been something simple. And I, and like yeah. with those friendship breaks, breakup, breakups, sorry, I can't talk. Like, it's just like, it comes with a sense of embarrassment. It comes with a sense yeah. of failure. Like it doesn't yeah. feel as justifiable as a man and a woman falling out of love. Like it's often comes from something small that adds up to something big, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's such a great point. And, and that's part of the healing process. Right. And, and for me with this, right. this dear friend of mine, I think it was so hard. You're right. Those feelings are so spot on embarrassment, failure, shame, because I had to kind of dig deep and realize, oh, like, what did I do? Like, I, I definitely, I definitely right. contributed to this. And, you know, it's kind of that feeling of, yeah, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to acknowledge that I may have played a part. It's so much easier. It's so much easier to say, oh, well, she messed up. She chose wrong. She ended this, you know, and to kind of I hate to say it, but play the victim, you know, and I think there are always kind of two sides to a story. And that was, that was hard for me to acknowledge that I may have played a part as well. Yeah. And, you know, I think with all these different wounds, whether it's a body image thing like me or a friendship with you, or I even think about the awesome women we encounter in girl talk and, you know, whether it's a fight with their parents or a struggle with, I don't know, something with mental health, like regardless of the wound, regardless of the stab or paper cut, I feel like every single one of those hurts comes with a message. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes, you know, they come with this great amount of pain and those messages that they come with often say, you're worthless, you're weak, you're a disappointment. And you know, those are really easy to believe and it's really hard to swallow, but really easy to believe. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like at first, like I ignore those feelings, you know, (laughs) I lock them away, put them in my little CS Lewis tomb of no vulnerability, whatever that long quote says, to be honest, like that ignoring it, like does give me a sense of relief. Yeah. But if we're really on this true journey of healing, like I don't find healing there. I only find relief. I don't find the answer. I don't find the, the, the ground that I'm going to eventually land on. Like it is just temporary. Yep. And, yeah. you know, I think we ignore these things to be defensive. You know, we bury our hearts that long to be fought for, that long to be pursued, that long to be cared for, that long to be healed, you know? And the further we dig and the further we hide, you know, I feel like we push ourselves further away from being cared for, from being loved. And you feel like you're tackling your healing in those moments, but you're not. And, you know, I don't think it's until we become vulnerable and we start to expose our hurts to one another or to be honest with ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's when healing can actually begin. Totally. I feel like so much of our time is spent, you know, trying to keep ourselves together or at least look put together instead of letting it out. And, you know, I think once we start to actually empty ourselves of hate and empty ourselves of those messages we can fill ourselves back up with the truth that 
we are loved and we are worthy and we are enough, you know, mm-hmm. and whether you find those words through other people or yourself, like that's where honest healing happens. Even reflecting on my own journey, struggling with weight, like I made the decision, like I need to get out of my head and I need to ignore that narrative that's in my head that I am too much and that I am ugly. And it was when I started listening to other people around me say, you are gold and you are ravishing and you are light and you are so loved. Like those simple little three worded sentences are what melted away like my shame and my guilt that came with being overweight. I remember confiding in all different friends from, you know, Julia, who's the same size as me to Julie, who's not the same size as me, but I feel like in those moments of sharing, like every woman that I did share with could understand. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not weight, like there's some type of insecurity that they also feel. Um, and you know, to hear the words like, you know what, Janine, like me too, like I get it. Or like, even if I don't get your situation, I get it in this situation. Like hearing those words is like where I found empathy. And I think that empathy goes a long way. And Mm -hmm. with all that together is where I really started my journey towards finding my self-worth again and realizing like my worth doesn't decrease because my weight increases, you know, and my value doesn't decrease because I'm blind to my own strength or my own resilience. And, you know, I can still want to improve myself and I can still want to lose weight and I can still want to be healthier, but I can also accept the number that's on the scale in front of me right now. And I can also accept that healing is a journey. And sometimes in the end, that doesn't look like a beautiful success story like you think it is. It's just accepting yourself along the way, even though you still want to be better, you know? Yeah, I love that. That is so beautiful. And I, I think it's so relatable to hear what you were saying about the messages of empathy and compassion from other friends once you were finally able to start sharing and realizing that you had this specific wound in your life, but others were able to understand and share that experience with you. Um, Because the reality is that most of us have something in our lives that we also struggle with in the same way. And when I think back to that friend that, you know, we had such a hard time with freshman year, it was, you know, I had those same messages, you know, the, the wounds came with the messages, as you say, and, and those messages to me were, you're not a good friend, Julie, you're not worthy of this friendship. You're not enough. You know, the messages mm-hmm. were, why, why should I give you my time and energy? And, and then, and then like, like we talk about with shame, it starts to define us, right? So then I think, well, if I'm not a good friend, good enough friend for her, am I, am I a good enough friend for anybody? You know, and, and then you just start, we start to just go into this little bubble of isolation and, and hurt that we, that we can just start to live with unless we do hopefully find some way out. Like you're saying, you started to share with other friends. You started to accept those messages of you are gold, Shannon, you are ravishing and for me, I, I did have to kind of, you know, in, in the hardship and in that pain, I had to kind of pick my head up and, and look around and realize, oh my goodness, there's, there's a whole group of friends around here that, that do love me and that do accept me and that do want to celebrate me. And, and they have this whole time, but I just haven't been paying attention to it. 
And so it was really neat for me to, to, to have to turn those messages around, right? And I think that's kind of part of our responsibility to, to switch those messages around. And healing can be an individual journey, but it doesn't mean it has to be done alone. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think that healing is like such this huge concept, but I think there are like practical ways to approach it. And I think, you know, one of the first ways, especially for me is like to start with sharing and even thinking back to other stories we've shared before in our podcast, like when I was really struggling with anxiety, like writing that letter to my friend, Megan, letting her know, like, I'm not okay right now. And I'm not a hundred percent was like a very small step to get towards healing. So I think, you know, sharing our story, sharing where our heart is, I think is a really practical way to approach healing. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's so important. And, and it can be hard because in order to share, first, we need to acknowledge that pain and grief and hardship that we're feeling. And then we can, we can move on by, by allowing others to help us heal. And for me with this story, I'm reminded of with this friend in college, the next year I lived with a group of girls who became, you know, so close to me and we're still best friends to this day. Um, and we covered our bathroom with all these, all these fun quotes and we would write them on little pieces of construction paper and post them up on the mirror and, you know, everywhere in the bathroom. And um, we all got to pick our favorites and put them up. And there was this one quote that I just could not stand. And Colleen and I used to fight about it all the time. And it said, just because, uh, what did she say? She said, the love that was once shared is no longer there does not mean that that love was not true and real. And so it's talking about, you know, friendships and, and different relationships when you share this beautiful love in whatever form it comes in. I used to argue, no, 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 no. If it's, if it's over, that means it wasn't real. You can't have had this love and have it truly exist if, if it doesn't continue forever and always. And she would say, no, Julie, like it's, there's still value in that. The love is true and real. And I would reflect on this friendship that I've been sharing about. And I think, but we're not friends anymore. We're not friends in the same way. And, and it just used to drive me crazy. And it took me a couple of years and I finally came back to Colleen and I said, I think you're right. I think that that love and that friendship that I shared with this girl was true and real. And, you know, and she and I even had a, a reconciliation and we, we acknowledged, you know, the different hurts that we had caused each other. And, and we had that, we had that sense of forgiveness with each other. And even though our friendship didn't look the same anymore, we still had this ability just to see each other and recognize, you know, the hurts and then, and then the joy that came from acknowledging those together. Yeah. I love that you mentioned forgiveness in that too, because I think that's another practical way to, to find healing is to, oh, sounds like a lot, but at the same time, like start your journey of forgiveness too, because along the way, you've probably encountered somebody that's hurt you that you need to forgive or, you know, the way you've hurt yourself. So you need to forgive that. And something that's really powerful to me is like, I always thought forgiveness was a feeling that, you know, one day I'll feel as if nothing ever happened between us, or one day I'll feel complete and calm. And 
one day, like I'll feel love for them to again. Mm -hmm. But I think I've really learned that forgiveness isn't a feeling as much as I want it to be a feeling. It's not, I think forgiveness really is an action and, you know, taking those actions to forgive, I think is a very practical way to find that healing, you know? Yeah. Shannon, there you go. Dropping truth bombs again. That is so hard. That forgiveness is so good at it. Every time I drop a truth bomb, I flick my hair back and take in the grace around me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So true. You're ridiculous. Okay. What other, what do you think are some other practical ways if we're, if we're healing or in need of healing, what are some other ways that have been helpful to you? to to that next place. Well, I think kind of like how I was talking about sharing, I think it also goes hand in hand with what I was kind of saying earlier in my story of, you know, not just seeking relief, but like finding like this true sense of comfort and healing. And, you know, I think it's almost like the opposite to-do list. Like, I don't think we should ignore it. I don't think we should mask it. And, you know, I think as much as I am like, pro wine night with the girls to let things out. And obviously I'm pro like chocolate consumption galore. I'm pro face mask. I'm pro bath. I think that we shouldn't use those things to mask our feelings. We shouldn't be drinking too much wine. We shouldn't be overloading on chocolate. We shouldn't just be, you know, putting on a face mask with the hopes that I feel beautiful for just five minutes. Mm -hmm. In those times, what we really should be seeking is the things that will carry us through. Like we should be seeking the time to ourselves to reflect. And, you know, we shouldn't be just doing these wine nights for the sake of wine. We should be doing them for the sake of sharing with friends. You know, I think we should really be going after the things that offer us true healing, not the things that allow us to mask it and hide it in the process. Yeah, I love Um, it. And I, I think of, uh, speaking of Grey's Anatomy, (laughs) I think of an anatomy professor I had in college. She used to say this quote, I'm sure she was just saying it for medical education, but of course my corny heart was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Um, (laughs) she said healing, (laughs) healing does not necessarily mean the remission of symptoms. It is the restoration of a sense of self, of meaning, of purpose, despite the struggle. And I loved that because I feel like it takes the pressure off, you know, like it's not about the success story. It's about being, you know, a better woman, woman when all of this is over. And it's, you know, saying yes to loving ourselves right now, right here. It's saying yes to our needs at this time, right now, right here. And it's saying yes to our worth, regardless of what's going on around us. And remembering that even though those symptoms might be ugly, like our sense of worth stays the same. Mm. Whether you're questioning it or somebody else denies it, like realizing that your worth is untouchable and seeking that out is what finds our healing. Yes. Is what healing is. Yes. I love that so much. And I think that's so important to reiterate and remind ourselves of because we can feel through all these hardships and the daily paper cuts, 
that our worth is being slowly chipped away at. But guess what? It's not. Our worth always remains the same and we are always golden. We are always ravishing. But sometimes we just need to to heal a little bit more and kind of clean off that dirt. Even if we get stuck in the mud, you know, it's just it's just time to, you know, clean up and and that's maybe we do need that face mask night or or wine with the girls or or hanging out or journaling. But our worth always remains the same. You know, and your anatomy professor was so eloquent and I love that quote that you shared. In a in a less eloquent way, it reminds me of a, a quote from Mean Girls, actually. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? But uh, at the end of the movie, do you remember Lindsay Lohan is is going up to knock on Regina George's door and, you know, all the drama went down. And she says, if you get bit by a snake, you have to suck out the poison. And so she's going right back to the beginning. And, you know, she can't just have that remission of symptoms, as you say. She can't just kind of gloss over it but she has to go down to the core and, and clean things up at their roots. And I think that's really important for our healing as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, what do you say, Julie, should we end with one last challenge? I think so. Is that, is our challenge this week for everyone to uh, go out and grab a couple beers? Is that what we're saying? (laughs) No. Oh, shoot. I mean, if you want, I'll meet you there. Joking, joking. Nothing's open yet. Um, Just kidding. I think in times of healing, it can often time that it can feel impossible. So I think, you know, we need motivation during those times. You know, even myself, like I call my mom every day or I look for the best quote on Pinterest that will get me through and write it on my chalkboard above my desk or, you know, all these different things. So you know, I think we need love, we need support, we need encouragement. So we have made graphics with our favorite healing quotes, with lists, with suggestions, and you can find them on our Instagram story. So we're encouraging you to take a screenshot of the one that inspires you the most or is the thing that you need most right now, and then make that as your phone background or print it out and put it on your mirror, put it on your chalkboard so that you have the motivation that you need to get through your time of healing. I love that. I can't wait to check it out and see what pretty graphics we have. So today has been so good, Shannon. Thanks for chatting with me about healing and just really diving into it. You know, obviously, again, this is something that's really important for us at Girl Talk and in our daily lives. And I think you know, we talked about the challenges in friendship. I think healing is definitely a challenge in general, you know, for us to, to live out each day and for us to realize what we need. But I think it's worth it um, for us to keep, keep that hope that healing is possible. Um, and hopefully as we share our stories and as other women have done with us to share their stories, that we have this hope of the possibility of healing. I just think that's something really beautiful to strive for every day. So we're so glad that all of you have been able to listen to our podcast today and all of these five Girl Talk pillars. It's been really neat uh, discovering those pillars and, and really structuring them and diving into them with you on the podcast. And we hope that you can comment uh, either on our website uh, or Instagram. If you want to learn more about Girl Talk and donate or visit our website, it's ourgirltalk.org. 
While you're on the website, feel free to check out our coffee house community. It's a place for all of us to build community together, have deeper conversations and grow personally and professionally. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Our Girl Talk. And if you have comments, suggestions, or topics, you can email us at info at ourgirltalk.org, especially for the next round of topics for our podcast. We've just gone through our five pillars, and we'd love to hear more about what you have to say, what questions you have, what's keeping you up at night. And we'd love to just chat about it because here at Girl Talk, you know, we love to talk. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us on our Girl Talk journey and supporting us as we share our Girl Talk pillars. Like Julie said, this is just the beginning. We can't wait to talk more, but hopefully you found practical ways to apply these pillars to your own lives and know that we love you. We're sending nothing but good vibes. Can't wait to chat with you. And remember, you are always enough. You are always worthy and you are always loved. Love Girl Talk. Let's see. Okay. Shannon. No, that sounds weird. Hold on. Hold on one second. (laughs) Okay. Good morning, Shannon. Hey. All right. You're not saying goodbye. Okay. (laughs) Don't say good morning. Just say Shannon. (laughs) Welcome to the last Girl Talk Pillar podcast. All right. Okay. 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 I'll read the script. All right. Shannon. My God, Julie, you're so awkward. I know. <laughs> ah. Okay. All right. Let's do this thing. Again. All right. Okay. Bye. Can't talk about healing right now. Hold on. <gasps> okay. Okay. Okay.